Welcome to the Drone to 1K podcast, where we learn how successful drone entrepreneurs launch their businesses so you can too. And now, your host, David Young. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Drone to 1K podcast. I'm your host, David Young. This is season three, episode eight. Very excited about today's episode for you. I say that every week, I know. But today, we have Root Patel of Voyager Industries, um, a different spin on the typical, I guess, guest we, guest we normally have on the podcast. I know a lot of people, especially when they're first starting out, they kind of take the real estate, kind of traditional media, do commercials, advertising, things like that for people. Uh, but once people progress along in their drone journey, and some people maybe just jump straight to it, um, but eventually people get into more complex, higher ticket, high end, I say high end, but you know, more expensive drone jobs doing mapping, inspections, um, infrastructure, thermal, that kind of stuff. So today's guest um, basically runs what he calls an engineering company that uses a drone. So he uses a lot of artificial intelligence, um, but he started out in real estate uh, just like maybe some of you did. And now he's doing hundreds of thousands of dollars per year with his business. Um, typically uh, specializes in doing utility power line inspections for big power companies. So very excited to bring his story to you today and let him talk and share with you. This is actually an in-person interview because um, Root, our podcast guest, lives in the town where I live. And we got connected through some mutual friends. And, you know, I hear from time to time, oh, hey, my buddy's got a drone business. You could talk to him. Uh, and so, you know, I'll, I'll meet up with people like that, but typically it's you, someone who's just starting off or something like that, right? But when I sat down with Root, we got coffee and he dove into what he was doing and I was like, oh man, I need to have you on the podcast ASAP because I know a lot of people want to hear about this. A lot of people are interested in the, um, I don't know, more complex things, right? Things that aren't as easy to get into, like right with real estate, um, anybody can go buy a, you know, Mavic Air 2, Mavic 2 Pro, and you know, reach out to some people. It's kind of easier to get started, um, but not so much with the stuff that Root is doing. So people want more information on how to get going in that area. And usually, those jobs pay a lot more because they require more knowledge, more expensive equipment. You know, um, Root was doing some lidar jobs. He'd have to rent out lidar sensors that cost multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, he's got some expensive gear. So, uh, anyways, I'm excited to bring this to you. Uh, before we jump in. Quick reminders, number one, if you want a free t-shirt, you can uh, go leave us a review on this podcast, screenshot the review. Um, I normally say send it to me, david at dronelaunchacademy.com. You can do that, but I got to be honest with you, all I do is forward them to George. He works with us and he takes care of the shirts. So uh, you can send it to me still, that's fine. But if you could like copy or also include George, J-O-R-G-E, that's Jorge, George, um, at dronelaunchacademy.com, uh, then I won't have to forward it. But either way, send it to us, screenshot it, send it to us. We'll get you a free shirt for taking the time to do that. Also, if you want to win a free mini coaching call Q&A session with today's podcast guest, Root Patel, you can go to the link that this podcast came in, uh, sorry, the email that the podcast came in uh, announcing it. There's a link for a one question quiz. If you answer the right question, just to prove that you listened to the episode, you can win either a coaching call with Root um, a free mini course, or you know, a shirt, a mug, a hat, um, some goodies like that. So if that's something you're into, go there. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, would love it if you subscribed. And in the description, there will be a link for that mini quiz as well, the one question, um, little quiz 
to take and um, enter for a coaching call with Root so you can be on your way to drone riches. No, just kidding. Uh, but maybe. Uh, I know Root has worked a very long time to build his business up like this. It's not overnight, um, and he's done a lot of hard work. So excited to bring that to you. Also, one more thing before we dive in. We have some mini courses, Drones 101, Mavic Mini 101. We're currently in the process of producing Mini 2 Mastery. So on the new drone, basically it's just how to squeeze all the juice out of your drones, um, how to fly them, how they work, how to use every feature, how to operate the cameras, some flight exercises. Really great if you're newer on your drone journey. If you use the promo code PODCAST, all one word, uh, you can get Mavic Mini 101 or Drones 101 on our website for just a dollar. So go do that if you're interested in those courses. Um, and when Mini 2 comes out, it's not out yet, but maybe you're listening to this in the future uh, and you want to do the Mini 2 Mastery course, um, we'll use this, you can use the same promo code. I'll set it up to where you can get that one for a dollar too. Normally they're like 49 bucks if you just go find it on our website, but we try to reward people for listening to our podcast and keeping up with it, hence why we do the coaching, the Q&A, what calls you can win, t-shirts, all that stuff. We're trying to reward um, loyal listeners because we love um, helping you guys out, getting your feedback, um, and all this helps us have content to put out everywhere else, social media. Um, The more we can help people, the better we do as a business. So um, just try to do more of that and reward people that that are in along with us for the ride. Okay, I will stop talking and let's cut to the interview with Root Patel. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the uh, Drone to 1K podcast. Uh, I'm David Young, obviously, and I'm here today with Root Patel. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Root. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we're actually shooting this podcast or recording this podcast live in Lakeland, Florida, where I'm from. We have a podcast studio in our offices here. And Root is actually a just became a member of the co-working space that I'm in. Um, we got linked up by some mutual friends I've heard about Root for probably a couple of years now from different people saying, oh, you do drone <laughs> stuff? You should link up with Root. So um, so finally got a chance to meet him and talk with him. And I was like super blown away about the awesome stuff you're doing. It's like not, you know, Lakeland's not a super big town right between Tampa and Orlando. And so typically to find people that are doing really cool stuff in the drone industry, I'm having to look all over the country and find people. But I'm like, this guy's right here. So uh, super pumped to have you on the, the podcast with us. So thanks for coming on. Um, all right, well, let's dive in. Normally on the podcast, I ask people a little bit about their background, how they got into drones. So why don't you kind of rewind as far as you want and tell us how you first got into being interested in drones or the world of drones. Sure. So first I started, um, I actually moved to America in 2015, April 2015. And uh, that time I was just working regular jobs and trying to do trying to get into entrepreneurship, trying to start a business, but I didn't know what business. But back in India, when I was in India, um, in high school, I started making drones and uh, stuff like that, RC planes. And I was always been, always been into technology, you know, always loved things that fly. And when I saw a picture of a drone, I'm like, what is that? Let me see. And I started doing my own research and learn it's a drone and it flies and you can attach a camera and different kind of payloads to it. And my problem-solving mind, like, oh, yeah, we can do a lot of different things with it. But that time I was moving to America, so I didn't have much time to focus on it. That time I was trying to set up everything, you know, trying to do the regular jobs and trying to make money yeah. and survive. But after two years, I fi- I was finally ready to stop those working those jobs and ready to start business. So I'm like, why not start a drone business or 
a business that I can use drone or other kind of robots or technology. So that was the reason I started that. And um, ever since that, I love it. It's been three years and I love every single day of it. Yeah. So for people to have some context as you're kind of giving your background and your story, why don't you um, tell them just really briefly, and then we can get into more of it later, a little bit towards the end of the podcast, but tell people like what you're doing uh, right now, like the team you've built, the work kind of work you do, basically just brag about yourself for a minute. Because <laughs> I know how successful you are, but I feel like you're going to try to be humble about it. That sounds good. Um, I own an engineering company, actually, and we use drones to provide engineering services for inspection, 3D modeling, stuff like that, using LiDAR, uh, thermal camera and stuff like that to actually providing a solution to the problem um, instead of just using drones as a main thing to so the the problem can we pause for a second yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, I completely lost on it no you're good okay all right ask me that question one more time yeah, no, sorry no you're good um so why don't you just in a few sentences or just briefly explain kind of what you're doing now where you are the, the company you've built, kind of give people a picture of what, what your drone life looks like right now so they can, as you're telling your background and your story, they can kind of have that context of how far you've come. Sure. So every day in the drone life is different. You know, uh, one day you're inspecting power lines. Next day you are using LiDAR to do the vegetation management for some electric company. Other day you are inspecting a building or facade or canopy, stuff like that. So it's different every day. But the main focus for the drone business I created is to provide engineering engineering date, um, engineering inspection services to the client instead of just delivering the picture, actually using that data, analyzing that data, come up with a solution, how it can solve the problem the customer having. Yeah. So, because you're doing, you know, a lot of power line inspections, right? You were just in California for three months, you said, yes. doing different types of power line inspections and things for utilities. I know that you and I, when we met previously, you've talked about you've done pipeline stuff, right? You've done um, LIDAR. You've done a whole host of different kind of yes. high-end, I would call them, high-end. You're flying around with very expensive things on the drone, <laughs> you know, high-end things that I think a lot of people are interested in, right? Because on the podcast, we get a lot of, and this is good and fine, but we get a lot of you know, real estate and commercial video and things like that, things that I would consider as having a lower barrier to entry, right, and maybe even more competition um, at that phase. But you seem to have found a path to get into some more, I guess, high-tech areas, things that maybe aren't as easy to get into because they require a higher level of maybe understanding. So maybe we can shed some light on that sure. in the podcast a, a little bit. But I just wanted people to know, this is the kind of stuff you're doing now, really cool engineering, a lot of um, inspection work. So um, as you're listening to Ruth's story, maybe kind of think about that. So take us back. I want you to kind of bring us back to like you were coming over from India. Um, didn't you, I, I could be wrong, but did you say you like you went to engineering school for like a year and then dropped out or something? That's what happened. I yeah. went to mechanical engineering school and I dropped out because I realized instead of actually, my goal was to build an engineering company. But when I was in the actual learning engineering, I figured like, I don't need engineering degree to start an engineering company. I can always hire engineers to do engineering company. I Which, just I think that's awesome as far as most people don't think like yeah, that. But yeah, but you got to have a basic knowledge of engineering. Mm -hmm. But being in the drone industry and connecting engineering side to each other was um, actually, you have to start where you can, like where you are. So for example, I started in real estate because whatever gets your, whatever 
makes you money in the beginning because you will need money to get bigger contracts. You will need money to start a team. You will need money and how you can get the money however you can when you're in the beginning. Yep. You know, once you you have to make a goal like, okay, after I do make $10,000 or $15,000 doing real estate jobs, I have to stop. You have to put a limit on yourself mm -hmm. and actually use that money to build something bigger that's going to continuously. Right. And also at that level, the competition is very low, but you also got to be really good at what you do. Yeah. So you, I think that's a really important that, point. Yeah. That is very important. But um, also it's good to learn, like learn, even though you're doing real estate jobs, nothing's stopping you from learning how to use the same data to inspect a roof. For mm -hmm. example, if you are on the roof inspection, uh, a real estate job, you can ask your realtor, hey, do you mind if I take a couple pictures off a roof? Do you mind? I want to just for practice because, again, practice makes paper, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. got to keep practicing and honing those skills and actually trying to figure out, ask your customer uh, what problem they are facing and trying to figure out uh, the solution to that. On top of that, you trying to figure out what problem they are facing that they don't even know about. Yeah. And a lot of time when you come up with a solution and you show them, look, you are spending this much money on this. With this, it could not, it's not always about money. It's like spending so much time on doing certain tasks, yeah. which you can do with the data, the same data you collected. Well, I know too, with some of your customers, you've, you've had deals with roofing companies and things like that. And we can get into that in a minute too, but you've got some really unique um, solutions for them. But I wanted to, people to paint a picture of, you know, how, hard you worked too at the beginning because I think when you said you came over to the U.S. Um, you didn't really even speak much English right <laughs> yeah that's correct yeah, yeah. just five years ago and so you came over to the U.S. and you know what were the part-time jobs you were working while you were trying to do your own business <laughs> I want you to tell because I think it's awesome you're just like you did what you had to do to yeah. make it happen you know yeah so I I land here in April 19 uh 7th April 2015 19 year old and I find a job in three days Mm -hmm. uh, with help of my uncle, like, you know, he started calling for me and cause I didn't speak English that time. <laughs> yeah. And we found Not because a, you were lazy because you literally couldn't speak English. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we found a job in Dairy Queen. Okay. It's an ice cream shop. That yep. was my first job. So I started working there. I started working night shift and in a few months I started working other job. I'm like, one job is not going to cut it. Cause again, when you're new in America, you have no money. You came here with no education. I mean, I had a high school education, but that wasn't enough. And, and you need money school. to get into everything, you know. Yeah. So started working at Dairy Queen. Uh, the second job I was started was um, pharmacy. So okay. then I changed my Dairy Queen to I would work in the morning Dairy Queen. And at night, I would work in a pharmacy warehouse. Mm -hmm. So uh, work on a conveyor belt, load up the truck and everything. So, you know, you got to do what you got yeah, to do to get it. by. And then I saved like $4,000 and I bought an Inspire One because I always knew where I wanted to go. And um, for me to start and during that time while I was working, I was also like doing research like, OK, what, what is the drone industry? What other drone company look like? And. I wish I found you that time. I could have uh, bought your course and, you know, <laughs> trying to like step by step. But, you know, I had to do the hard way, like yeah. trying to actually go meet the people and trying to uh, connect them. And it's very hard to convince people to give you money to pr solve their problem unless you show them first. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of and when I bought the Inspire, I did a lot of work for free, which I hate to do. But 
again, you got to have a something to show somebody yeah. so they can give you money to do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's funny, you don't know, I mean, Root knows that we have a course, but you don't really know much, much beyond that. But it's funny, almost every person that's been on the podcast, and even in the course, we say this, if you are new, right, and you don't have a proven track record of something, you're just going to have to do free work, right? Mm-hmm. Call it, If it feels bad on the inside to call it free work, call it demos or whatever, you know what I mean? Yes. But you're going to have to do something so that you can say, hey, listen, let me show you how I can, like you said, solve this problem, whether that's, let me show you how good I am at a listing video and see if it helps you get your next, you know, real estate listing, if you can offer that to your client or, or whatever, right? Yeah. So we teach that in the course. Everybody on the podcast says that. You're just going to have to do some free work at the beginning, right? Like you said, to get that, to prove that you can do it and to have some portfolio to show someone else, right? Yeah, you got to show something. So, yeah. yeah, don't be afraid. And also, you can ask for, like, some insurance costs or very minimum. You don't have to do completely free, but you can do very minimal work. And when you have those data, when you have all this uh, portfolio, then you can go market yourself and then you can go to big clients or, like, oh, here, listen, this is what we can do. This is the problem. And first, you got to study the problem. That's the thing. It's not They're not hiring you to just take pictures. You're solving one problem for them and... If you are just a guy who takes a picture or does this, you're going to be easily replaced uh-huh. if you're not solving the problem. Because, again, this is a capitalist society. If you don't continuously make yourself better or learn new things, you're going to get replaced right away. Yeah. So so you're working. I'm going to rewind a little bit, too, So because we're talking about good stuff, but I just I love your story. <laughs> so you're working at Dairy Queen and the pharmacy. You save up enough money to get an Inspire. And at the same time, you're learning as much as you can about drones, trying to figure that out. Learning English at the same time. Learning English, learning about drones, working at Dairy Queen, working at the pharmacy. Um, Somehow you're getting all of this done. You know what I mean? And, you know, so if you're listening to this and you're complaining that you have a full-time job and you just don't have enough time, think about (laughs) Root working two jobs and doesn't know how to speak English. Um, So so you do that. So take us through the transition of you have the Inspire, you're learning about it. Like, did you go get clients first and get work first while you're still working at Dairy Queen, or did you just quit and go full in? Like, walk us through that. So there is an interesting story about it. One time I was driving back from my pharmacy warehouse job. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was listening to podcasts, and I heard the story of Captain Cortez, okay. um, how he burned his ship like, and told his men, if you're going back, we're going back in their ships. And that really hit me. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to do stop my business. I'm trying to do work, but I also need money. It's a very scary situation sure. when you're like trying to uh, make money and also get the business going. It worked for me. I'm not sure it's going to work for everybody, mm-hmm. but also you do what you got to do. And at that time, I basically burned my boats and I decided if I be successful, it would be my business. So I quit both of the job, the whatever money I have saved. I jumped into business, and that gave me enough momentum to actually start doing good things towards my business. That's awesome. Yep. Now, did you have a specific amount of like runway saved up? Like, I know I can survive this many months. I had $3,000 saved up, and I had Inspire One, I had a car, and I had a house. That's all I had. Okay. So $3,000 I saved up. Um, I was trying to survive until... I, so basically, I didn't have any cash flow coming in until I go out and sell those jobs. So what I started doing, start making a list of all the realtors. Like real estate is the lowest hanging fruit yeah. and the easiest way to make money in the drone industry. But it's not going to get you very further unless you have a whole team and people shooting it for you. Yeah. You know, because if you... So, for example, um, I started started calling realtors. Like, oh, I started offering... And uh, then I started calling construction company. Here, I can take a picture of your construction site, stuff like that. Uh-huh. 
And then more I got deeper into it, more I understood the understand their problem. Yeah. It, it clearly became for me to come up with those solutions. Yeah. So you know, real estate again. We've had a lot of people on here that have started in real estate, or it seems again very common place to start because it's probably the easiest place to start. But with that, you know, kind of brings the most competition. And we have had a lot of people on the podcast that have been very successful with real estate. However, they have been able to weed out a lot of the kind of lower end, low volume, I guess, realtors, and they end up kind of having a couple partnerships with some kind of heavy hitters. And that's how they become very successful. And they have really good systems and process. So I don't want you to get too discouraged. If you like love real estate, it is possible to be successful in real estate. Just sometimes takes patience and, you know, perseverance to push through. But, um, but I think, like you said, a lot of people, they're not necessarily jazzed about real estate. They just are using that as a stepping stone to try to get to something else. Yeah. So I do know that a lot of people are interested in construction. So um, talk us through a little bit, if you can, how yeah. did you approach these construction sites? Were you just cold calling them? What would you say? <laughs> like, give us, some, give us some info here. Yeah. Well, that time I was very naive and young and trying to stop my business. So I was doing whatever I could. So mm-hmm. I started going on to the construction site, actually started talking to superintendent. Did you just, wait, you just, like you just walked onto the construction site? Yeah, but you got to make sure you have safety boots and hard hats and all the safety things, you know, you... Would you like, sorry, I'm just getting the details here. Are you like calling them before and say, hey, can no, I No, I just you? walked up. Or you literally just bought a hard hat and bought boots and just walked onto the construction I walked site up on the construction site. With a hard hat on. With the hard hat you on. Just put, you just went out and got one. Yes, and safety <laughs> vest. You got to have it. And I just walked Did in. Did they and, think you like worked there or something? No, I asked who was the superintendent. They thought like, who's this guy asking? But I was genuinely just trying to get their business. Yeah. It could be a little bit aggressive sometime, but... Everyone has different styles. No, I just love the, and I it love worked the, for me. I, yeah, I love the like forwardness, yeah. Because again, my I was very direct with what I didn't want to do any shit with them. Like I was actually trying to provide a solution to them and uh, I thought they need to hear it. So I just walked sure. out. No, I, I love it. Yeah. And I don't recommend other people doing that. If you want to do it, go ahead and do it. But I recommend based on some experience, uh, you should call ahead and let them know that you're going. And, yeah. So you they're know, not like, who's this random dude in a hard hat? Exactly, up. exactly. But yeah. again, that time I, I did what I had to. And sure. uh, then you then I started going up to, uh, showing up to their office and dropping off the card. You're not going to get a lot of business that way, but at least they're going to know somebody came by and dropped off and make sure your card have your website because it's important. Well, it gives you something to follow up on probably. Yes, exactly. And you want to make... The thing is, a lot of time, people don't get past the gate guard or or the gatekeeper because, you know, that's where a lot of things, but you got to keep following up with them. So you go on the construction site, you find, yeah, hey, who's the superintendent? You find the superintendent and he's like, who are you? What do you want? I have a pictures ready. I have pictures ready printed out on a photo paper and uh-huh. I'll show them, oh, I provide inspection services or photography services. And I just wanted to let you know that if you're interested in doing this and then my pitch changed a little bit. That time, you know, I was just trying to make money and mm-hmm. trying to survive. And what would they say? Are they like, I'm not interested? A lot of people like, oh, that's very cool. I never seen a drone before. A lot of people like, oh, how did you get into the site? Or a lot of people <laughs> like... Oh yeah, this not I'm not the person who makes the decision and all that. But at least you need to get the conversation going. And yeah. you ask if they say, "Oh, I'm not the guy," then who's, who's the, the guy? guy? If you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. So you make sure you ask question, but also same time you don't want to be annoying. Yeah. Know? So let's dive into like for the construction sites. You know, I know construction documentation, progress stuff. As you're talking to them, what did you find was their problem? Were they interested in getting? 
the progress photos and videos and stuff? Or what, I guess, what, what did you have success in selling to them? So it depends on what kind of construction company you go to. A lot, if you, like, a lot of construction, big construction company, they hire helicopters and plane at that time. They were, that time, drone wasn't a big thing. But this is back in, like, 2016? 2016, okay, yes, yeah. when I started business. Yes, 2016, 17. So it's more common now, probably, right? Yes, yeah. it's more common now, but that time, like, people are still using a lot of companies I approached. They were still using, on a big project site, they were using helicopters or plane to get their picture every month. And I asked them, how much you charge? And when, when I heard the price, I'm like, okay, how about we take pictures? You pay $1,000 a month. I come there twice and take a picture. And then I more started talking to them. They're like, oh, yeah, we have this CAD drawing. And is there any way we can figure out if the building we are building? So they were coming to you with this kind of like Yeah, because we, we just asking. We were just, just kind talking of a and build a relationship point. with them, talking. You know, you first, main important, you ask your client what problem they're facing. Because, mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't have to be solved by a drone. You could use anything. But because a lot of time, once we have the tool, we always look for the problem we can solve with that tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for example, if you have a hammer, every problem we see is a nail. Yep. A lot of time, you got to come up with the outside the box. Not everyone would like want to take a picture with the drone and try to solve the problem or hire it. But that was the reason I connected engineering. So I'm like, okay, drone's not enough. Mm -hmm. We got to connect actual engineering side to it. And then I started talking to engineers and got them in my team and build the Voyager. So, And Voyager is the name of your company now, right? That's, I guess yeah. we probably should have started with that at the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what is the name of your company? Voyager Industries. Voyager Industries. Voyager yeah. Industries. So we, pro so we provide engineering solutions for, like, agriculture, um, energy, infrastructure, and telecom. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's interesting. So I like the fact that you're just, hey – your your advice on that and it seems like what you did that worked is just you got to get in front of people and start talking to them and be able to build a relationship with did you ever have any like horror stories of people like yelling at you telling you to get lost so many like so many because and again that was my mistake that i i shouldn't just walk up to any construction site but uh yeah a lot of time people will never get it they will they want to change and uh it's okay it's not everybody's your customer you yeah. gotta but, but you that. did find people that were receptive to it, it sounds like. That is correct. Yeah. The percentage was very low, but that kept me going. And yeah. uh, you just got to follow up with more people. And again, you meet with them. Next day, they're going to forget about you. They don't care about you. They yeah. just, you need to keep following up with them. Would you just follow up via email or call them or what? Whatever is necessary. If they give you their email, you follow up with their email, phone, yeah. however you establish you the it. contact with them. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Love it. So did a little construction stuff. Sounded like you said, you know, need more engineering solutions. I know, again, we've talked once or twice before this, but you told me about some really cool stuff you're doing. You're developing software. You actually ended up building your own kind of computer to attach to the Inspire. So, um, so take us through the next thing when you went through, you did some real estate stuff, you started getting into construction, and then you kind of realized, hey, I need to get a little bit more sophisticated in what I'm offering, you know, these customers. Um, what did you do then after you realized that and after you had started dabbling in some of the, you kind of moved on from real estate. Talk us through what happens next. So that time I was still taking, a, so real estate at the same time I was doing construction as well. So mm -hmm. real estate and construction, those 
were low end job, well, they will pay you, but they won't pay you enough to actually build a big business. And I mean, you wanted like a team and you wanted to make it. Yes, it's it's different for everybody. So again, you got to know what city you go into before you ask the direction for it. So, yeah. So for some people, they're just like, hey, I just like side cash and I just want to do this on the side. And, you know, sure, that's great. But for you, you want to like build something. bigger. Yeah. If you so I wanted to build build an actual engineering company that would solve problem and Drone is actually a tool for it now. Sure. Yep. At the beginning, that my whole business was built around it, but now it's just a kind tool that we use evolved. with others, other tools. Yep. So, so for example, um, when I started, when I was working with uh, real estate and um, construction companies, all that, I was also looking for like branch out to like other things, but. The, so one thing after I did was cell tower inspection. Mm-hmm. That was a hurricane Irma happened in 2018, mm-hmm. and. Um, that's when I got a lot of call because I was again I was in a lot of drone groups and all that and they were talking about like oh how, let's get into the cell tower like cell tower inspection and stuff like that mm-hmm. see the damage and all that so I got on the cell tower contract as a subcontractor. How did you find that? Um, just through the Facebook. Somebody in Facebook group. Okay. Somebody on the Facebook group. People are sharing a lot of stuff like okay. oh job opportunities stuff like that, and I got into uh, cell tower and I'm like okay I'm just collecting data. Then I started thinking, like, how do I use data and actually come up with some kind of solution mm-hmm. so the, the, the cell tower company would actually buy it? So there's two different things in cell tower, the, the equipment owner and the cell tower owner itself. Yeah, two different people. Two, two different people. Okay, or entities or whatever. Yeah, yeah, two different entities. So what I was working towards, I was hired to do the job uh, – do the inspection of the equipment. Mm-hmm. But at the same time when I was there, I was also collecting all kind of data. So I was using the same data to pitch to the the tower owner just mm-hmm. for them to have a record. So for example, creating a 3D model of a cell tower, mm-hmm. which is very good. And it's not very useful to the equipment company, but it's useful for the cell tower company because if they have a record, what they have, they can put more, they can make a more decision um, on if they want to put more equipment on it or not, how they're going to change it, what needs to be done. And just it's good to have a record because I don't know when was the last. They probably don't even know when was the last time it was. They know exactly what's on their tower. Right. I'm sure they get the money for it. Yeah. I'm sure it's dangerous and probably expensive to send a guy all the way up to any need. If they're going up, they can't. You know, if they can't video everything on the whole way up with accuracy. Exactly. You know? It just uh, documenting the entire cell tower and uh, trying to find. And then I start talking to engineers. Then I made networking is a big thing. Like if you want to get in some industry, trying to find out what people work in that industry and start talking, make friends with them, start talking. See What's what, a good place you found to meet people like that? Did you go to conferences or what? Uh, a lot of conferences. Yeah, I went to actually Nate conference, which is for all the communication, cell tower and okay. all that. There mm-hmm. is conferences for energy, conferences for agriculture. You can mm-hmm. find about them like on Facebook. Yeah. You go to events and you find, oh, this is where people meeting. Okay, let's yeah. go. Just sh- You don't need to know anything or everything about that industry. You just, just go meet start people, yeah. start talking, tell them what do you do. And sometimes they will tell you, oh, you fly drone. They'll come up with a solution <laughs> for you. Yeah. And they'll tell you, like, can you do this for me? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So well, I know like, it's probably a little bit more difficult now with COVID and everything that's going on. Um, I don't know. If, you, if you're listening to this later, we're recording this in mid-November 2020. Uh, so I know a lot of conferences have been canceled and things like that, which is kind of a bummer for that. 
But I'm sure at some point, you know, they'll be back and people will be meeting in person. People not meeting. Virtual conferences now. I'm not sure how conducive that is to actually yeah. meeting people and talking. True, but also nothing stopping you from picking a phone and start calling people. Oh. Go on LinkedIn and try to, for example, if you want to find a work in a construction industry or cell tower industry or agriculture, just go on LinkedIn or Facebook, just type in agriculture and find people who work in agriculture and trying to make connection i mean you got to come up with solution right now we can't meet in person but you got to find a way to like deliver your ideas and get them on the phone yeah yeah awesome so that's really interesting to know about the cell tower stuff you know one thing i thought was interesting we've got i used to work for the fbi uh whatever several years ago and i was actually talking to some of them about some of their um you know, sometimes they have equipment on some of these cell towers because for their own like radios and stuff, right? Because um, they like to have like secure radio communications. Um, but I they they have people that inspect those, and I was asking, how do you inspect them? And one of the guys told me, well, we just have really really big zoom lenses on our cameras, and from the ground they try to shoot up, shoot up, and they yeah. just take pictures. And he's like, I can't even tell what I'm shooting, and I can't even know. I don't even know if it's any good until I get back, and we try to blow it up and look at it. And half the time, maybe we didn't shoot in the right area, you know, so it's just, it's very, it's very... Um, That's the benefit of having a drone. You can yeah. look, zoom in from up there. Right, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but <laughs> they were, they would be one of the equipment owners. Um, so that's very cool. So you've done some cell tower stuff. I know that you've done some cool stuff with roofing and, yes. and roof inspections in a really interesting way to kind of get deals with roofing contractors. So let's talk about that for a minute. You want to give us a rundown of sure. how you found that problem? I know you have some software that you've worked with or had Working someone on, develop, yes. you know, and then talk about how you structured that deal with some roofing companies. Okay. So roofing is actually very easy work. Very, very easy work. Roofing for drones or actually putting shingles on a roof? No, no, no. Using drones to yeah. do the roof inspection, I should have said yeah, that. Yeah, because I've yes. put some shingles on a roof before and that is is actually pretty difficult. Yes, I understand. <laughs> no, no, That's much, much different than that. But Yeah, doing, doing roof, using drones for roof inspection. Using drones to do roof inspection is actually a very nice gig. Okay. Um, so you go up to the roofing company and you show them. So what... what so I started again, I started reaching out to the roofing companies mm-hmm. and started asking what problem they facing, how kind of, how, what can I, I have a drone, what can I do for them that would help them? They're like, you know, you talk to different people, different people come up with different ideas. One of the roofing company here, they're local and they told me, oh, we would love to get an estimate of from a roof and other roofing company like, oh yeah, it takes like... You know, we can do all the roof inspection and all that, but um, how do we know the roofing company, like how do we actually, how that's going to benefit us? Like we can just go on the roof and take a picture. It's not going to cost me anything. Why would I pay you the price you charge for? I'm like, okay. So I had to come up with the solution. Um, so I, I first started asking and started writing down what problem they're facing. I'm like, how about if I come up with the report that actually shows exactly what they need to get those roof approved from the insurance company. Mm-hmm. And uh, in state of Florida, um, if your roof has more than 25% damage, your insurance company approves it. To cover, they'll repro- approve a replacement of the whole roof, right? They appro- approve the replacement of the roof because a lot of shingles or tiles we have, the manufacturers don't make anymore. Mm. So I started reaching out to the roofing company and they're like, Oh, yeah, that's all great. The rep- I showed them the report. Oh, reports, everything great, but we don't have enough client to give you. And big company already had their own system in the place, so they were, like, too busy to even talk to companies like that. So 
I'm like, okay, so my client's having a problem that they don't have enough clients. So how about... Like they don't have enough customers, you're saying? They don't have enough customers to give me work. So I came up with the solution. I'm like, okay, how if I, uh, what if I solve their problem getting a customer so I have more roof to inspect and I, I can also make money bringing those customers to them. So I so connected... So you're going to be like a lead generator for that. Yeah, so I... Okay, for roofing, I connected lead generation and the roof inspection together. So, mm -hmm. so when the hurricane happens... We go out, me and my team, we inspect the entire neighborhoods. We let the homeowner know that we'll be flying a drone uh, in the area. We inspect the whole neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, then we come up, we, we, do the, we make those reports before we go to the roofing company. Mm -hmm. So do you knock on, do you go, sorry, real quick, do you go around and knock on every door and say, hey, we're going to be flying a drone, or how do you notify them? Or you can just... Um, or you just put a little flyer out. Put a, put a flyer out. That, that, that's a great way to okay. reach out to more people. Yeah, or so you, you can said, hey, reach out to their HOA, yeah. get together with HOA, and they'll just let know, like, it's not going to cost them anything to do the roof inspection, but if it approves... If that roof has more than 25% damage, they'll get roof for just for paying deductible. Right. And, of course, who wouldn't want a new roof and they have a damaged leaking? Nobody likes a leaking yeah. roof, right? And sometimes, so, well, I mean, just for context, we so the hurricane you're talking about, our roof got damaged and it was replaced by the insurance. And, you know, a lot of times the amount the insurance company will approve is even higher than what it actually costs to get your roof replaced. So you end up half the time not even having to cover that whole deductible, too. So I'm not sure if they had the same... Same result there, but I, I, that's awesome. So you uh, you fly the whole fly the whole neighborhood. We fly the, the whole data. neighborhood, collect the data, we analyze the data, we see how many roof has more than twenty five percent damage. We make a list, we find out who those people are, what's their contact number. We create the whole list and we go to the roofing company. Here is the roof. This is many people have more than twenty five percent damage. Now, if you want the list, you also have to buy the inspection. And also want to get the percentage of the deal, whatever the percentage you decide with them. Mm -hmm. So again, your roofing clients are getting the lease. They show that most and more that has more than twenty five percent damage, yeah. and it's going to be approved. Yeah. So it's so. And if one roofing company says no, now you have control who you work with because people are ready to buy those leads. They're paying thousand dollars for other marketers to find leads. And this is the report, have it ready. And right. again, the report is signed by an structural engineer. Mm. How, how did you get that? So how, when that I, so that was part of my company. Um, when I build an engineering company, it's not just call it engineering company, but <laughs> actually have engineers, they verify all the data, they put their so stamp on it. So you have engineers reviewing the photographs and reviewing the data that you're collecting. Engineer re reviewing the report and they sign on it. To say, hey, I, I'm saying that I'm putting my name on this, that there's 25% damage. Yes. That, you know, or hear that this roof report is accurate. Yes. That's awesome. That's why it's that's why it's uh, different than just owning a drone company. Yeah. And actually now you have verified data. Yeah. Well, I love that concept too. Cause, I mean, we, we talk, you know, everybody that comes on the podcast again, you hear just common themes, right? And you hear, you know, the drone is just a tool, tool. in whatever you're doing. You know, just because you have a, a hammer doesn't mean you're a complete carpenter and that you are really good at what you do, yes. right? You know what I mean? So whether it's, and we typically hear that too uh, from the real estate side, right? Hey, just because you have a drone doesn't mean, A, that you can take good photos, that it'll look good, or that you can, you know, make a nice video. Because sometimes people need to combine ground cameras and they need to know how to do editing, right? So there's just a piece of the puzzle. But it sounds like even in engineering or even in this inspection work, right, you need to kind of un have a more thorough understanding of what's going on, know how to get other people involved, Correct. how to reach out to the roofing companies. I love what you set up, though, because, you know, 
I think your mindset is a really good entrepreneurial mindset, right? Not just, I have a drone, I want to make some money taking pictures. Yes. It's, oh, what other problems do these people have? And you got to find a you, niche and you got to find the problem they're facing and you're trying to come up with a solution, people pay you for that. Yeah, and the fact that you're able to get them lead, I mean, it seems like a super no-brainer for them. Like, hey, listen, these are people who are going to get essentially a free roof if you just knock on their door and then you're yep. going to get that contract because you're the ones coming to them. But again, when you knock on the door, you have the report ready that you can show to the homeowner like, right. look, your roof has damage. Yeah. There is no brainer for you to get a new roof just paying deductible. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, in the hurricane, if somebody would have said that, a roofing company and said, hey, we've got these roof reports, you can get, if you reach out to your insurance company, you can get a free roof. I mean, we would have been like, hey, sure. I mean, we waited probably a year or two and because our roof was like leaking and some stuff. And so we eventually were like, oh man, this is just like old damage. We need to get something yeah. done about this. A lot of people are scared to even call the roofing company because they think this is going to cost them thousands of dollars. They don't yeah. know all these things. So it's yeah. better for you to reach out to them and again, show them yeah. the problem that they don't even know exists yeah. and you come up with a solution. No, I think that's awesome. That's really, really cool. So, so you've been working. So I don't know if you mind sharing with us, like what kind of percentage would you get from the roofing company? I get 3%. So 3% of the, 3% and a, and of a new the deal. roof costs 10 to 30, 40,000 dollars probably. Yes. Right? And commercial roofs are even expensive. More expensive. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So if you had a 20,000 dollar roof, what's that like? I don't know to do the math. 3% of 20,000. It's like is that 600 or more? I don't want to embarrass myself on a podcast no, by not knowing 3% of 20,000. I think it's 600. <laughs> I'm going to count it. I should know. That. Yeah, 600 bucks. 600 bucks. So yeah. that's on each, but that's on each one. And yes. you're doing it kind of in mass. And also you get the, uh, you you get paid for the, doing the actual inspection as well. Oh, they pay, they paid for the inspection. As yes. Well. They How pay for was, the report. It's, I charge them 350. 350 per report. So they got, they had to pay for the inspection of every roof that was over 25%. The Yes. So, so you gave them every roof that had over 25% damage, so they paid 350 for that off the top, and then you got an additional commission on any roofs that they sold. Yes. I oh, gotcha. Okay. And again, this is um, me giving them leads that has more than 25%. So they don't yeah. have to hire, they don't have to pay the commission to the sales rep, or yeah, sales sure, rep and sure. all that. They don't have to go through, they don't even have to knock on the doors and ask the permission to go on the roof to do right. the inspection, it's, which is say, very dangerous. Right. And again, that saves you from liability. And again, you get this report within 24 hours. Well, and your report, I remember you telling me, I don't know if, sure if you said this already, but like it had the the area, the total amount of ma the materials estimate, right? And all that stuff. Exactly made right? the waste, to the total waste all so of that. that stuff would take them at least an hour or so to go do themselves anyways if they were to send somebody out to estimate it, It right? would take them, like usually, hours, it, doing the whole neighborhood, probably take them two oh, weeks. Oh, well, I'm just saying a, a house. Oh, yeah, I mean? a house, yeah. You know, like an hour or two for the guy to get up there and measure, do, do the cost all that. estimate, all that stuff, yep. you know what I mean? So you're saving them at least an hour or two of their person's time, plus the sales team, plus, you know, it's mm -hmm. this, this is a pretty awesome deal for them, you know, so... Um, all right, so you got the roof thing going, and that's I'm sure that's just one piece of what you have, have been working on. Um, let's move back over to let's do some power line stuff, right? So I know you do some power line work. Um, I want to know first off, how did you get your first power line inspection client? And then we'll get in a little bit more about the actual okay. work you're doing. So first, my first inspection client was I cannot tell you the name of a company, but it was in California, in Northern California, big company. It was a subcontract, actually, a drone company had a uh, contract with the power line company and they were looking for pilots. I'm like, okay, this is a great opportunity for me to just get in the industry, 
uh, of utility, learn how it works, collect data. And again, if I want to get my own contract, I would have data to show the client. Right. I have actual experience. In actual industry, experience. Yeah. And that's very important. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I joined that company and I did some work as a subcontractor. Well, how did you get that? How did you find out about that to begin with? And again, you got to do the networking. You got to gotta let people know what do you do, how you do it. And uh, not how you do Was it. Was this but just someone in your network that said? Yeah, networking. I got all my jobs by word of mouth. Mm, okay. I don't do any social media marketing at all. I don't do any, which but, is important. But for me, it works for others. For me, it's meeting person to person. Yeah, well, I think the fact is it works for you because you're willing to put yourself out there. You're willing to talk to yeah. people. You just walked on a job. Walked on. on a <laughs> site. So, um, okay, so you met, like, the person that ended up hooking you up with the job, do you remember where you met them at or how you met that contact? Um, I actually met them on Facebook. On Facebook? I met okay. them on Facebook, never met that so person. So you said no life. social media. I mean, look at this. You got social media here. <laughs> but again, I, know, I just put what I do, yeah, yeah. but I never did any... Uh, did they reach out to you or you reached out to them initially when you made the contact with that person, uh, if you can remember? I, I reached out to them. I got connected on Facebook. I'm like, oh, good to connect, good to meet people in the industry, sure. you know, and they see what I post on Facebook. I see what they do. You kind of... So you were just had become Facebook friends with them and, they, yes. and you were just posting the stuff that you were working yes. on. Yes, and when they offered me like, oh yeah, we have this contract or are you interested in doing it? I'm like, okay, this is a great opportunity. Awesome. I'm ta This is like beginning of 2019 okay. when I got actual into the uh, the power line industry, energy industry. Okay. And I collected data. I came back to Florida. I went to one of the Tampa's electric company, mm -hmm. uh, approached them, and uh, actually started getting, actually I set up a presentation, but I also set up a presentation not just for power line, but actually for solar inspection. Okay. Because they have a huge solar farm. Okay. And uh, delivered a presentation, did a comparison what they were already spending on helicopters. And how did you get that information? Huh? You just ask. You just ask. <laughs> you just simply ask. Oh, by the way, how do you, some people are comfortable to share, some people are not. But yeah. again, depends what kind of relationship you build with them. And sure. you're so, not always going to get the answer. But well, sometimes. you kind of just, you kind of just breeze through. I set up a presentation with this Tampa electric company. So how did you get to the point where they're willing to meet with you to get a presentation? To so first, I presentation. talked to the safety guy. So you just looked that guy up and cold called him or what? Uh, so I, I make a, at first, again, I was trying to find all the people I can find. And again, people are always willing to help if you're willing to help them back. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So like people always take care of you. So I met a safety guy. I started talking. Oh, he, and he was like, oh, this could be amazing opportunity and all that. And he was the he helped me. And I, I made friends along the way. And I found I finally reached the solar department who actually does all the solar. Well, how did you all. meet the safety guy to begin with? networking connection going just out, out to people no just going out meeting people you know mm -hmm. it's not who you know it's who you, like uh, how you know it's who you know and what who do they know yeah <laughs> they're like oh i do drone I, oh they start coming up with the ideas like oh yeah why don't you use drone for power line well yeah. we already do but is there any way i can help your company yeah. is your company already doing it? oh no well let's set up a meeting with the decision gotcha. maker whoever that person is and you Got to have something to show so, them. So through just networking, you knew that person. Networking. They were able to set up a meeting for you to present to whoever was in charge of making decisions for this. Stuff. Yes. Okay. And I set up a meeting, delivered the presentation, ended mm -hmm. up getting work. And they, they said, sounds good. Let's do it. 
there was a lot of back and forth. It always back and forth, sure. but um, you meet somewhere in the middle, mm -hmm. and uh, you negotiate and you start uh, working. First, always again, the when it, when it's your first contract, you gotta be willing to learn. The first con contract's not about making money in the industry. It's yeah. about what are you gonna learn from them and how the connection you make and what who they can introduce you to. Yeah. Don't That's too, important. Don't get too greedy or stingy on the first contract. Right? Exactly, yeah. and also like uh, I met other energy executives going to the energy conferences. Mm, there is yeah. a one conference on I four they do every year uh, by Dean Saunders, um, the name of the guy. Yeah, uh, they do I four corridor conference. Okay. I went there. I met a lot of people. You cool. know, just networking is good. And for those of you not from Central Florida, I four is just the interstate that basically goes from Tampa up to Daytona Beach, Jacksonville. Yes. It just kind of goes through Orlando, Tampa, all that stuff. Um, so for, you got the first contract with that Tampa company. Now, what were you doing for them? What were you contracted to do? Just go collect data of their solar power inspection. Line? This, oh, this is for solar. This is for solar. Gotcha. And were you doing that with infrared cameras? Infrared, yes. Okay. First, uh, first I saw how they were doing it and, um, yeah, you put a thermal camera on a drone, you find what panels are bad. I don't want to get into detail, but, um, well, I mean, people basic, are probably interested. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so basically for the solar, you find how many solar panels are damaged and you come up with the solution again. You use, it depends how you use the data. So I came up like, okay, if this is a solar farm, this many solar pa panels are damaged, what was the reason for damage? How many solar panels were dirty? How many had the bird poop on? How many had the dust? How much less power they were producing because of those things? So I didn't go approach Tampa Electric uh, or any company or any electric company. I didn't approach them like, oh, yeah, I have a drone and I can do inspection. You come up like, how I can increase your energy? Um, how can I help you increase production of the energy that could help them? Right. Yeah, think about what they care about. Right? What they, don't they care, care about. about. Yeah. yeah, they don't care about your drone, what drone you fly. They were paying helicopters to do it. Yeah. For them, companies, big companies don't care about, they care about costs, but not as much as you think you, they do. Gotcha. And so you were able to say, you pitched it as, hey, let me help you with the efficiency of the energy production. Of energy the production. Product. And once you know how many panels are broken, you know how to fix them and what was the reason causing them, so how to prevent that happening again. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you do monthly inspection and you also do the inspection while they're building the whole solar farm okay, so cool so it's very rare to get jobs like that but again you got to keep going out meeting people and network network yeah. is important so you got so you got the solar job just by you knew someone you were really to get a presentation you just kept working it you got that deal and then so it sounds like that led to other things too right because now you have some experience one thing in utilities. Always, yep. so what's the next thing after that what happened like what's your next the next move here well now i'm currently working in the Energy, energy industries. Yeah, but I'm saying, concern. did that lead to another client? That I mean, obviously, that somehow got you where we are today. So oh, like, once you once between? you have that data, once you have that data, you can reach out to the other companies. Like you can also you can replicate the process. Mm -hmm. Once you first, that's why I said it again. The first contract is not about making money; it's about getting the experience. And we all are new in this drone industry. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people are in those specific industries who got into drones. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are already in the drone industry and trying to branch out yep, in those industries. So just get with the expert. Just talk to people. Make friends with them. Network, you know. Yep. So um, did you do, did you get deals like this with other solar co companies that had solar farms? I have not. I have not because uh, I was busy with 
other products. There is so many things, you can, things I can do. So what time. are the other things you said? I know you've done stuff for power lines too. Like that's what you're doing out in California. in California. How did you get into the power line aspect of it? The same thing. You create the network and once you are in the network, you keep getting those same jobs because so they just, know you have the experience. And so once now, you're out in the market, mm -hmm. you got to establish who you are. Like you also got to establish like people know that this person is expert in doing power line and he has experience that will hire you so once you got made a name for yourself basically in that industry and people knew who you were you were just getting calls and requests to do that work or what? it doesn't you, work you, all, all or were you still having to go out and push you also there you always have to go out and push like no one will just come up to you and offer you a bunch of money for a job yeah. you know it, that happens rarely but yeah. most of the time you go out and you have the credibility, you have the portfolio, you have the experience. Yeah. So tell us, so the job that you just got back from California for, for three months, um, how did you originally get connected to that company and land that job? That was also connected to the power line job I did last year. With the sub, as a subcontractor? As a subcontractor. So you make connection and... Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I um, don't have a step-by-step -step guide. No, no, it just I know, happened. But just hearing yeah. the story yeah. of, um, you know, I just think that helps so many people understand what it takes to do something like that. Yeah. If they want to replicate your results, what did you do to get those results? And I understand it's, uh, you know, it, people would love for it to be a do this, do this, do this, and here's a guaranteed result, right? Yeah. But it's, you know, here are the types of principles you need to have and the types of activities you need to yep. continue to do. And then eventually something's going to stick or, you know, so I think yep. that's important to, to realize. And again, also, we all are very new in this industry and this industry is very new. So we all are trying to find what's best. So everyone's coming with a new solution. The faster you can come up with the solution, better for you, you know? Yeah. So one thing I like to ask people and, you know, you can answer as, as, as much detail as you want, but, you know, for your business, you know, Obviously, the the criteria to be on this podcast, you have to be making at least a thousand dollars a month. I know you're well beyond that, but maybe for the last like twelve months, or maybe you can give us an average couple months. Like, what does Voyager Industries like make for as a drone company? And you can give us a range if you want. You can just not answer if you want, or you can give us an exact number. You know, people just like. I'll to be know. honest with you. I made three hundred three hundred thousand dollars as a company uh, in twenty twenty. Wow, and we're not even done with twenty twenty yet. No. That is extremely impressive. Doing roof inspection, power line work, and the other stuff, yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Roofing is important. That's the, the main thing that made me the most money. That's awesome. Well, um, with that, I don't know. Do you? Uh, one thing I like, actually, yeah, one more thing before we go. Um, if you were talking to a brand new drone pilot, let's say they are about to start their company or they just started their company, and they're like, Root, what do I need to do to, to get this going, to get this off the ground? Like, what advice do you have for me? What go out, them? network. Pick up the phone and start calling people. Yep. Set up a meeting, set up a presentation, but networking is the most important thing. And don't be too greedy for the money doing the first contract in that particular industry. Don't yep. be greedy. Just use this as an opportunity to collect the data, use that data, create your portfolio, build your credibility, and have something to show to the next client. Love it. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is a hugely uh, helpful podcast for me. I'm sure everybody listening, um, especially getting these unique insights into these industries that I know a lot of people are interested in, but never seem to be able to tap into, right? So um, I'm glad we got the inside scoop on how yeah. this works. If anyone have a question, feel free to reach out to me anytime. I'll be very happy to help you guys. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, yeah, where can people find out more about you? Do you? Are you on Instagram or Facebook or 
Um, I have a website, voyagerind.com. You can go to the contact form and just uh, send me an email there, okay. or you can send me an email at root, R-U-T, at voyagerind.com. I-N-D for like industries? Yes. Awesome. And we'll have that info. We'll link it up in the notes to the podcast. So if you go to dronelaunchacademy.com slash podcast, um, should be there and you can find this episode and uh, link up with Root. Well, thanks again, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank uh, you for having it. me. And uh, we'll have maybe have you back on another season. Sure. Thanks. Thank you. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Root. Again, I had a great time talking to him. We did an in-person interview. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see that. Um, if you're listening, you might notice, hey, the audio quality was a little bit better on the side of the guest. That's because we were both sitting in a podcast studio together. Um, so it's really fun to talk to him. Hope you got a lot out of that interview. And, you know, I know it's uh, a little bit different than kind of the typical guest we have on here who's talking a lot about, you know, shooting real estate and shooting, you know, ads for businesses, things like that, which that's great and good. But some people, they want to break away from that eventually and they want to do um, other things like this. So uh, I was really happy to have Root on. And we actually have some other guests that have branched into this um, area on season four. I just recorded an episode with someone who does um, thermal roof scans and works, you know, for insurance disputes. Really cool. So excited to bring that podcast to you next season. A little sneak peek. Um, one thing I wanted to tell you about before you go, or also just a reminder, obviously, you can leave a review, get a free t-shirt, um, screenshot your review, send it to David at Journal Launch Academy and Jorge, J-O-R-G-E at journalnotchacademy.com, and we'll get you a shirt. Uh, one other thing, we just recently put together this guide called Seven Days to Certified. And one of the things we do as a company, we help people with Part 107 test prep. Uh, we specialize in giving you all the information you need to have, uh, and you can go from start to finish in seven days. A lot of people, that might sound fast, but a lot of people literally take their study and get their test in a weekend or over seven days. So I came up with a guide. Personally, I wrote it myself. Um showing you exactly what you need to do every day for seven days for about an hour a day to be ready to take your drone test on the seventh day. You could literally schedule it for day seven and pass your test on that day. Um, so that's a free guide. Now, obviously, we would tell you like which lessons to take in our course, but even if you have another book or something like that, at least breaks down, hey, here are the topics you need to study on each day to be ready to go. And it gives a bunch of instructions on how to sign up for the test and what's on it and what's about it. So it's useful even if you don't take our study course, um, but it is kind of goes with our study course, if you will. But you can go to 7daystocertified.com. So the number seven, not written out, but number seven, days to to certified.com and that will take you to a place where you can download that guide for free it's a pdf you can print it off um i think it's a helpful resource again it's free um but uh, yeah we just wanted to put that out there since part of our mission is helping people become commercial drone pilots who can make money with their drone all right everyone i appreciate you listening to this episode of the podcast look forward to uh next week we actually have George Casamichella on the podcast. George works for Drone Launch Academy, but he also has his own drone business um, on the side of Drone Launch, uh, which kind of helps us out because he's kind of in the thick of it. And George has actually made some courses for us. So if you've taken Mavic Mini 101, that's all George. So if you've seen him on that, uh, he's going to be on this podcast episode next week talking to us about how he got into drones and how he built his drone business um, and then joined Drone Launch while he's still working on his drone business. So uh, thanks everyone again. See you next week. Take care.